Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Trees, and joining me as always is Colleen. And hey we there. are Hey there, we're back for episode two hundred and eight, part two. But I mean yeah, oh yeah, part two. We're still covering it. It's the entrance to the maze, the anger of the Colossus. It's originally aired October ninth, two thousand. And if you forgot the cannon's hand just self-service ropeway, which is still not much of a hint. <laughs> no, it's sort of just like their plot device. The mode of transportation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, this title, I'm just realizing it really uh, suits a show like Attack on Titan more than Detective Conan. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a bad title. It's not great. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a translation thing. It's ever dramatic. Right, and it's two different titles. They could have just went with one half of it. Yeah. Either one. doesn't really matter to me. (laughs) The second half of the episode begins with the cause of death being revealed, which is quite shocking. It turns out that the uh, big old dagger sticking out of the president's chest is what killed him. Act surprise. (laughs) What a surprise. Yeah, he was stabbed directly in the heart. It's like... That one time in episode four, I feel like there was this one episode where the cause of death was super obvious. Oh, yeah, it was the guy who, like, committed suicide by jumping backwards into the block of ice. And one of the yeah. police officers was like, he uh, he was stabbed. <laughs> like, yeah, it's pretty obvious <laughs> there, buddy. So his time of death is immediately after he disappeared. Yokomizo closes off the promenade and has the old nun escorted off the premises. We don't get to see her again. I was shocked she didn't appear yeah. in the like <laughs> after credits scene. I thought we'd get one more instance of her. That would have been brilliant because the after credits scene is pretty good, but if you add the nun in there, it would have been just like cherry on top. But her final moment in the episode was her literally like screaming at some person like waving her arms around so she she went out with a bang yeah she made the most of her minimal screen time and uh kind of then notices a small shed and an, an incinerator below the lookout and is told that it was a place that the builders used to rest uh during the construction of the ropeway that it's scheduled to be torn down tomorrow Yokomizo asks the vice president if he ever saw the dagger that pierced his father's chest before. And he says, oh, that's from my dad's personal collection of daggers. Of course it is. Yes, because every rich guy has one of those collections. Forget, like, vintage cars or, I don't know, suits of armor or something. Daggers, that's the way to go. Well, daggers are pretty cool. Do you own any daggers? No, I'm I'm not a I'm not rich. I don't have a collection of daggers. I thought maybe that was like a Canadian thing. Every household has a dagger or two, you know. Um, if it is, then I'm not with the times. Then I guess we better <laughs> go out and get one from our local corner store. Uh, the vice president then begins to say that there's a problem, but then he, it's like, uh, never mind. And Conan wonders what he's hiding. <laughs> the second son, Junpei, says that the vice president has the most to gain from his father's death, as he'll now run the company. 
The vice president then says that Rina has a motive as her boyfriend Ayagi made up a scandal and tried to blackmail them. Rina is shocked by this allegation and that her boyfriend um, used her story that he that she told him for blackmail. And Yokomiza then asks to hear it. Ayagi says that the rush to hit deadline on the project caused an accident last year inside the tunnel and that one of the builders was buried alive and then was unburied dead. <laughs> unburied dead? Yeah. I didn't keep him buried there. What a story. No, I guess they wouldn't have. Like, it's a good thing that they found him. I mean, it would be like a free lot, you know? I guess mm-hmm. there's upsides to being buried alive. Like what? Well, you save on the... Peace uh, and quiet? The few... <laughs> yeah, the costs. And, you know, you get some hush money. Oh, oh, I see. There are pros for, like, the people who are not actually the ones buried yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah, important, not the important person. caveat. <laughs> so the family was paid off, and then his death was kept quiet. Which is why Rena left home as she was disgusted by this. Additionally, Junpei kept getting denied when he asked for financial aid. So everybody has a motive to kill old Papa here. Yeah, I love how, like, so last time I was like, none of these characters are likable. They're still not likable. And they're now all throwing each other under the bus. Well, you know what they say. Blood's thicker than water. And it's still not that thick. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if they like that second part is probably a Tyler original. I've only heard that for the first part of that saying. <laughs> yeah, it might be a a Tyler original. So, uh, meanwhile, the journalists have no clue as to why they were included in the first ropeway ride. The VP says it was his father's idea, and to make sure that the people that objected to its development saw the good side of it. The secretary, Ayaka, then says the doors were locked and she had the key. So nobody could have pushed him off there. And Kegura says that uh, a skinny woman like Ayaka couldn't move a large man and push him out while he resisted. And Conan says he never heard the door open. So everybody's still wondering how the hell he went from being on the ropeway to being in the hand. Oh, and this was great because Yoko Mizo was kind of on to something. He's like, well, maybe she did it. But like with the two of them being like, no, no, no. It was like, should have listened to Yoko Mizo when he he was uh, talking about that. Yeah, but he was also going down the wrong path thinking she opened the door. Because she didn't, she didn't That's open true the too. door. So he was half correct in that, like, who did it, at least. Yeah, he was correct, just completely wrong reasoning it's it's like when i successfully guessed the criminal because they're a woman like sure i got the answer correct 90 percent of the time but my reasoning doesn't really work out unless you just accept that all women are murderers eventually which the the show kind of is showing us that maybe that's the case at least in the anime originals i do have like a shockingly good like record with this theory of just going you, you probably got him the woman yeah <laughs> i don't know it, what it says about detective conan 
But uh, I've been very right for the most part. Or what it says about me. It... But... We should keep track. Just have a spreadsheet. What? You want and... me to go back through all 208 <laughs> episodes? <laughs> hey, if you have the time to do it. No, I'm kidding. I guess I can but check the Just to see the proportion. Yeah. If that anyone out there less time has checked than... research, we don't really like do research idea. on this show. We can, we can do this. Next time, I'll have the full document ready and prepared for you, Colleen. Oh, yeah, just for me. Excel doc for you to keep updated. Yeah, we can go through it. Great prime podcast material, an Excel document. Oh, yeah, just going. So the uh, murderer (laughs) in episode two was a woman. Murderer in episode three was a man. (laughs) Murderer in episode four was... Good on the list. (laughs) So, uh, Conan reflects on the vice president's remarks from earlier and says that the VP was expecting a different outcome than what happened. Like, yeah, sure. I, I, when he started, like, the first ropeway, he probably didn't expect his father to get murdered. So it's pretty safe right. to assume that he uh, expected a different outcome. It could have been any other outcome but this. <laughs> Kegro and Yokomiza say that the body can't walk by itself and climb up the goddess's statue. And that's when Conan has a revelation. He says, what if it can? <laughs> Conan's revelations in this episode were quite good. I mean, it's really like, Yoko Mizo says something, he's like, but what if it's that? And it just leads him down the path to the resolution. Conan runs down to the shed below and opens up the incinerator where he finds a hand. I was like, what the hell is oh, going gosh. on here? It's this burnt hand. And it has something stuck to it. And Conan's like, oh. Then he goes inside. And he finds a pair of trousers and a mop. And he goes, I can use this. <laughs> okay, at this point, what were you thinking to yourself? Did you have any idea what Conan was up to? I had no to? clue what was going on. <laughs> he, first off, I was still stuck on this hand. And he moved on from very quickly. Like, it's just this chopped off burnt hand. And Conan finds it. He picks it up. And he's like found it and i'm like what is going on here (laughs) this is exactly what i expected to find here he's just so used to this this stuff i was expecting now i need to find some trousers (laughs) oh good and a mop (laughs) so ron finds him in the shed and she's like why are you always disappearing i can't take my eyes off you and he's like, hey, Ron, Nichan, um, can I have your jacket? I'm a cool little boy. So she gives it to him. And he just runs off again. Where was he hiding this hand? I don't know. Oh, wait, he had like a little bag. Like, did Ron not see it? He did have a bag. Okay. He had a bag. Um, so Conan sprints to the ropeway. And he finds something there that confirms his suspicion. Meanwhile, the vice president is getting questioned over his strange behavior, and he gets quite aggressive. Yagi also demands to be let go, as he has nothing to do with the case, and he can't deal with his family's problems anymore. You and me both, Ayagi. He's like, you're all very unlikable characters. That's exactly how I felt. Kind of suggests rounding everybody at the ropeway again, and Yokomiza agrees to get it, uh, get on it. Conan declares to himself that this isn't a curse, and that he knows why the reporters were chosen, 
as he knows the trick behind the case. Meanwhile, I'm like, I have no clue what the hell went on. I, like, kind of put it together that they worked together, um, the father and the vice president, to trick them. But I had no clue what they were doing to trick them or anything like that. I just knew, well, obviously they were had something. But they're pretty clear about that when they're like, is the preparation complete, son? And he's like, yes, daddy. <laughs> but um, other than that, I had no real clue where the hell this is going or what the end goal was here. How, how, uh, when you yes, watch when you watch this, how far were you? And like figuring this um, out. Uh, I mean, I know I knew who did it, uh, but it wasn't. Yeah, a woman. Like, what tipped me off to that was, yeah, the woman. <laughs> but there were two women, so pick one. Um, Wait, who was the other woman? Oh, the, the daughter, daughter. daughter. Okay. Yeah. Sure. True. Um. Yeah, I wasn't. It, entirely sure um i think i was also stuck on where did the president go like when they couldn't find him and like (laughs) the explanation wasn't any better for me because i was just like how did he do that i mean we'll get to it in a second but i'm like how did he fit in that spot (laughs) where he was um so yeah i wasn't entirely like 100 percent with conan the entire time like i was really looking forward to the explanation so they all ride the ropeway again and yukamizo becomes gleeful over kogura's fear of heights and he says i'm relieved to know that the great detective is a normal person after all conan then whispers something in ron's ear and says that kogura requested she did it secretly kogura then begins counting sheep in an attempt to go to sleep and that's when Conan puts Kogura out of his misery with his dart <laughs> and puts him to sleep. The reporter then excitedly take a photograph as they've seen the famed sleeping Kogura. <laughs> Although the photographer was out of it. The, it was the other guy that was like, take a picture, take a picture. Kogura says that Yasunori, the vice president, is actually innocent, but he did make a secret plan with his father to surprise the public. They wanted to clear the rumors of a curse, and cause publicity for the ropeway. Kegra says that the scene will be reenacted, and the lights are then turned off, and he plays an audio recording of chanting. And they emerge from the tunnel. Ron is missing. And they're like, what the hell, man? You just tossed your own daughter off. The sacrifices we need to make to solve the case. He's like, look at the hand. They see a body on this hand. But it's this poorly made doll with a mop head um, that is wearing Ron's jacket. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, Conan uh, need like, A for effort, but he needs to work on his arts and craft skills. Ron then emerges as she was hidden underneath the seat as it kind of pops open. And it has a large compartment underneath. So you don't think the president could have fit here? You think it's too small? I, I felt like, think he was too I large felt of a like it was too narrow. But I guess I'm wrong because he did fit in there. I think he could fit in. He just had to be like, he had to be tilted, <laughs> you know. <laughs> he had to go in. He wasn't laying like back down. He was laying. He on was his not side. comfortable in there. there. He was maybe sucking in his tummy no, a little but bit. I, I think he could fit. Well, he did. So I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> like the the the, the trick worked. <laughs> Conan says that uh, Yatsunori directed this simple trick and his father acted it out. 
Yatsunori admits to the plan and says that they made a fake doll of his father made out of rubber. <laughs> so they basically, like, made a sex doll of his father. Oh, don't go there. But used it for the, uh, the least sexiest <laughs> that way. That and what you said before, what? like, yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, daddy, I will make a doll oh of you. And I'll make another one for personal use later. Yes, I got it. True for one. Yes, daddy. The doll maker was probably like, what well, are I you mean, going to be using this for? And the son's like, don't ask that. None of your business. Don't ask. He said, don't ask, and I'll take a third. <laughs> Since they're all on sale. Well, at least his father's memory lives on through these beautiful dolls. Uh, yeah, that's one way to look at it. I mean, the son can go home at night and talk to the dad doll. It's like the dad yep. never left. That's what he does. He yeah, talks that, to that, it. Yep. Yep. He says, Father, <laughs> Daddy, can you give me some advice? You know what? He he felt so generous. He probably made a doll for his siblings as well. I'll take four <laughs> dolls of Daddy. The family pack. So uh, Yatsunori placed the doll beforehand uh, onto the goddess's hand. And uh, later during the trip, he turned off the lights in the tunnel. His father then hid in the seat, and he placed the charm on the window and slapped down the camera as he didn't want the flash of the camera to ruin the trick. Normally, an emergency kit and waits for windy days are put under the seat. So there is a reason for this, uh, for this compartment to be there. Yeah. I appreciated that they um, added that detail because people could be just like, why? Why is it there? So you can do fun tricks, Colleen. <laughs> it's pretty cool. So you can mess around with all these people and pretend that you're going to die by the hands of the goddess. Yep, that's exactly why they put that compartment in there. And then they like retrofitted a purpose like, oh yeah, we're going to put weights or extra, like an emergency kit or something. So his father then jumped off the empty ropeway while everybody was going to the viewing platform. He threw the doll off the hand and hid there himself. He was supposed to welcome them all with a smile and say, How about this? There's no such thing as a curse in the world. Instead, he wound up dead. (laughs) Which is very funny. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It did not go to plan at all. Nah, some slightly missed calculations on the president's part, such as people wanting to yeah, murder him. Yeah, he just thought he was such a likable guy, like nobody could possibly want me dead. He also had a secondary motive for this trick, as he wanted to trick the newspaper, as they would have called in the article, uh, claiming that he was stabbed and dead. But it would have been false, but it would have been printed in the afternoon newspaper before it could be fixed. So he wanted to ruin the reputation of this newspaper that had been critical of the uh, development this whole oh, time. Oh, the humiliation. Like, would that would that really ruin their reputation? Or would it just be like, well, the, well, guy, be good. the guy tricked a bunch of people. So shouldn't it be on him? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would hurt their reputation, but also like... They'd explain it, and everybody, everybody would be like, oh, that right. guy's just a dick. So I don't feel like that part of the plan was really thought out, if that's uh, the revenge he was after. 
Kegaro then asks to hear more about the accident that occurred during construction. The vice president says the builder's name was Takahata, and that his mother was sick and indebted to the family. As such, they gave her money and forced her not to speak. His only other relative was a little sister that was taken to Tokyo a decade ago after their parents divorced. Kekura then says the sister is on this railway right now. And it's Yokomizo. No, it's uh, Ayaka, who is also the murderer. So, a woman. Shock calling. Totally shocked. One of the women did it. There's always a lot of, uh, like, secret siblings in Conan. Oh, yeah. There definitely is. A lot of hidden paths. So, Ayaka stayed at the summit, claiming she felt dizzy, and then snuck on the ropeway as it went back down. She accompanied the president to the statue, killed him, and then burned the doll in the incinerator. She then returned to where everybody else was. Ayaka demands proof, and Kegura has Yatsunori open the package next to him. And he's like, ah, it's the hand! Everybody's like, what the hell is this hand doing? (laughs) See, everyone is actually shocked, unlike Conan. Yeah, Kegura says Ayaka dropped something important on top of the rubber hand. And they notice a jewel on it, which is from the brooch on her chest. So he's, uh, Kegura says that if they take a look at the photo they took earlier in, uh, today at the press conference, they will notice that the brooch looks fine and thus prove her involvement. So uh, they got her, Colleen. What were your th- thoughts on uh, old Ayaka being the murderer? Um, not surprised. Uh, <laughs> it was that part when she... Uh, Why did you suspect her? So when she was apparently dizzy and left the group, that's when I knew. I'm like, oh, well, she's, you know, um, dividing herself from the pack. That means that she's going to go off and do stuff. So I, that's what made her suspicious in my eyes. Um, the whole backstory, though, was a bit of a surprise. Like, I didn't remember it. I was like, okay, so that's her motive. Sure. The brother that she didn't grow up with but i guess was close enough to want to like avenge him sure um yeah it's also like okay she was like the nice one of the group like the semi-normal one whereas the rest of the family and the boyfriend are were kind of like yelling at each other constantly so she kind of also came off as um apparently like the one you would suspect the least personality-wise. So, uh, Ayaka then gives her side to the story and admits to the murder. She says that she kept in contact with her brother after the divorce of her parents. She then rushed to the hospital last year when her mother was in critical condition. That's when she learned about her brother's death and her mother's spite toward the president. She then plotted revenge for both her brother and mother. So she kept her uh, past the secret and got a job at the uh, at the company. Yeah, this is like pre-social media, so the company wouldn't have been able to check like, any of her details like that. Yeah, because that's all you can do is just social media. <laughs> Nobody else can keep a track on you. There, there weren't background checks before social media. That's right. 
obviously this guy did not want to. Said, Darn! If only there was Twitter, this could have all been. In, this all could have been prevented if there was the Bird app. But uh, alas. Hey, these people do not waste their money on background checks. They have far better things to waste their money on, like four dolls of the dad. And daggers. And daggers. Daggers and dolls <laughs> and dagger of collection. daddy. Daddy dolls, if you will. Daddy dolls for the daddy. Daggers. Daggers for daddy. So after the ending song, Ayaka is taken away and Ron remarks that Ayaka is a kind and wonderful person, which is kind of an odd thing to say that about somebody that just murdered another person by stabbing a dagger in their heart. Yeah. Ron, where were you for the last like hour? <laughs> well, she was underneath the... Uh, <laughs> she, just, she was still in the chair. She just stayed in there. Yeah, she just missed it and came back out and was like, why is she getting arrested? She was such a kind and wonderful person. Uh, Conan then has this, I don't know if it's, if it's just like not translated great, but it's supposed to be like the big dagger like sentence here, but it barely made sense. He says, The reason why the rumor of the goddess statue's curse has been passed down for so long may be telling us about the horrible outcome from making the goddess angry. By doing something humans shouldn't do, or if someone commits an unforgivable crime like this case. Like, it feels like it's missing a part. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know. This didn't hit home, um, as was intended. But it was meant to be very serious, and it was like this somber moment as they watch her getting arrested. And then the episode immediately cuts to <laughs> Kegura waking up on the ropeway by himself, and he yells out, <laughs> Where am I? And it ends. And they were like, we need this goofy thing to in this episode on we can't leave it be somber yeah we can't yeah we have to counterbalance conan's poorly structured sentence with kogro if only the ropeway would have started moving though that would have been wonderful with kogro like flailing <laughs> out of it oh yeah he should have been freaked out by the height like he was going back up yeah and he he saw it he's like ah so Missed opportunity. That's what I would have done. All right. So before we give our final thoughts on the episode, I want to thank our Patreon supporters for helping out the show. We appreciate each and every one of you. Our highest tier includes these cool people. Medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and the big Chief Mason. We appreciate you The pinnacle you of cool. These people right there the pinnacle of cool in fact i would say that they're all kind and wonderful right. people and we know that they're not and to my knowledge none of them have stuck a dagger in anybody's That's chest they're not women uh, unless you know <laughs> damn i don't know <laughs> you don't think the big chief mason is a I, woman i actually don't know so <laughs> i retract that statement i'm pretty sure it's pretty a sure guy. but Anyways. I mean, his name's Mason. Mason's not a woman's name. I'm not going to assume anything. But, yeah, I think you're all... Wait, do I... Didn't... <laughs> I mean, I think we've, we heard talked, Spencer we've talked to, a, to uh, most of them. So I know most of them are guys. Yeah. Alright, well. Shout out to Spencer. I mean, we talked to Spencer, Ryan, and William, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> pretty sure Jeff and Mason are also guys. So the theory. Wow, really going out there <laughs> to posit that Jeffrey, who's constantly who we've spoken to on the Discord multiple times, um, is a man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> really going Detective Colleen here. Yeah. Now it's pretty obvious why I like watching detective Jeez. shows. I'm not very good at solving them. <laughs> uh, give me your thoughts, Colleen, on this one-hour special. Episode 208 of Detective Conan. The entrance to the maze, the anger of the Colossus. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good case, actually. Um, I like plots where the victim's plan gets used against them by the culprit. It's always interesting to see how those play out. Uh, Kogro's reactions uh, when he was riding the ropeway were hilarious. Um, yeah, and then the only things I wasn't sure about were, A, presumably she killed him while he was already on the goddess's palm, so why didn't he fight back or scream or something? And B, I question whether she would have had time to do all of the stuff Conan said she did, given that she didn't arrive that much later than the rest of them but yeah those are just some minor details um but overall it was it was a fun fun quote-unquote fun case got to see yokomizo again he's always great i love how he's like kind of the common sense (laughs) detective or inspector out of all of them um so yeah 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 yokomizo definitely refreshing to see him lots of fun um, I, I think this is a really strong case. Um, the trick winds up being shockingly simple. It's just hiding in the, the chair. But um, it, it's built in a fun way. The thought of a curse is a fun thing. Uh, it's a good mystery. And there's like a very striking visual of the body on the, uh, on the uh, hand there that sticks with you. So I think that works really well. I think uh, it works well as a one-hour special, too, giving the case more time to breathe. So, uh, yeah, I thought this was a really strong case. Um, The ending kind of wrapped up a little quick. Um, But Kenan does that sometimes, and it was fine. I kind of wish uh, her, like, backstory wasn't as generic as we've had this, like, oh, I'm... I got to uh, avenge the death of somebody I snuck into the company. Like, we've had that probably, like, a dozen or two dozen times. But uh, Conan reuses a lot of that stuff. Um, So that's not, like, a new complaint or anything that's going to be going away. Because we have a thousand episodes. And they're only going to probably get more repetitive with that stuff. So at some point you have to just accept it for what it is. And there's only so many reasons why you might want to kill somebody. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's almost like they put so, in more effort I thought it all... than the motive. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I thought everything tied together nicely. I liked how the accident came back around. Um, yeah, so very good episode. Uh, the the post-song like segment I thought was pretty weak. But other than that, very good episode. Okay. And then next week, <coughs> and then our next episode is 
the falling from Mount Ryujin case. Yeah, and the account is hint calling is a trace of tire slip. <laughs> That's almost as great as I don't know what that ropeway. means. <laughs> Genta says, "Next time is my big take." And Kenan says, it's Mitsuhiko's. And Genta goes, no way. All right. So I'm expecting Mitsuhiko to have a <laughs> big role. What if the detective boys aren't even in this episode? Oh, when that, like, have you seen the preview? Oh, they are. Yeah, okay. they were in the preview. And so was. Doc- I don't watch them. <laughs> I-, I don't pay attention to the preview. <laughs> and so was Dr. Agasa. So, yeah, we're we're in for some Dr. Agasa babysitting time. All right. So, Detective Boys next episode. Expect for Mitsuhiko to step out of the bathroom <laughs> and actually solve the case. This is his time to shine. Yeah, he's going to overshadow Genta, who is the self-proclaimed leader of the Detective Boys. Alright, so that'll do it for this episode. Colleen, say the thing (laughs) so we can leave. Alright, everyone, thanks for listening, and remember, one truth always prevails.